0: Welcome to the Revelation Church podcast. We trust today's message will speak to you. If you'd like to get in touch, just drop us an email at hello at revelationchurch.org.uk.
1: Hello, everyone. Uh, my name's Adrian, and I am um, run the Chalk Farm Food Bank. Just a little bit about Food Bank. Uh, it opened in 2012. I guess Revel- Revelation Church and the community were asking, like, what does our community really need? And the church asked, like, if we closed our doors, would anyone miss us? And as they prayed and interceded, God really laid on their hearts to open a food bank. And since 2012, we fed over 9,000 people. And during this pandemic, we have fed 973 people. 375 of those were children. And I just want to say thank you so much for supporting us in prayer, in finance, in volunteering. My team is incredible. You saw some of them today. They we're just working so hard and loving people so well during this time and i can't imagine what it would be like on the other side not having food to eat during this critical time so i just want to thank you so much for that um over to me
0: hello my name is ruth and i manage the cap debt center that we run here at rev uh debt center has now been going for 10 years Uh, This autumn, I think it is. So a long time that we've been running it and we partner with Christians Against Poverty to run that. Um, A bit of a background about CAP, if you don't know. So they started 26 years ago um, with a guy who just had been in debt himself and knew uh, just the ramifications and how much it can affect all areas of life. And he wanted to help others in the same situation. Um, CAP is now... Um, has 300 debt centres across the UK and is also in four other countries so international as well and seeing thousands of people becoming debt free as a result of their work also helping people into employment and break addictions and just with uh, life skills as well so they're doing a lot and it's just we love partnering with them um, here in Camden Um, it's been a bit of a strange year for us with CAP because uh, we had a kind of six months of time to breathe from August last year through to February where we weren't taking on any new clients. Um, And then just as we were getting ready to just like starting to see new people again then COVID kind of hit and we had to take another pause um, and now we're on phone appointments and so it's been a bit of a strange year but we have seen another four clients in 2020 become debt free and a few more who are just really like on their way to to reaching that milestone in the next few months so it's been exciting still it's been a struggle and as we're Just like the end of furlough is coming and um, people are being made redundant um, and just all of the ramifications and um, financial upheaval that that will bring with it. um, We're just knowing that people are really going to need CAP services a lot more um, just with how it affects every area of life. And yeah, it's been so good as well to have the food bank carrying on throughout this time so that those who we work with will really be able to receive help and food when they've really needed it. So, yeah, back over to Adrian now. All right. So,
1: today we're asking this question Who is your neighbour? And I want to just get you guys to look at Luke 10, 25 to 37. I'll give you a couple seconds to do that. Luke 10, 25, 37. And it's the parable of the Good Samaritan. Now, if you've been around for a while, you probably have heard it a couple of times. But I guess listen with new ears and we're praying that God will really speak to your hearts. Okay. And behold, a lawyer stood up to put him um, to the test saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? He said to him, what is written in the law? How do you read it? And he answered, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, You have answered correctly. Do this, and you will live. And, and, but he, desiring to justify himself, said to Jesus, Who is my neighbor? And Jesus replied, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho and he fell among robbers who stripped him and beat him and departed, leaving him half dead. Now by chance a priest was going down that road and when he saw him, on the other, when he, saw him he passed by on the other side. And so likewise a Levite. And when he came to the place and saw him passing him by on the other side, but the Samaritan, as he journeyed, came to where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. He went to him and bound him up bound up his wounds, and pouring oil and wine, and then he set him on his own animal and brought him to an inn and took care of him. And the next day, he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper, saying, Take care of him, and whatever more you spend, I will repay you. And when I, come, when I come back, which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell among the robbers? And he said, "The one who showed him mercy, and Jesus said to him, "You go and do likewise." And so there's that question: Who is your neighbor? Um, I've heard preachers before, and um, a couple of preachers have said that it's kind of like the beginning of a joke, like the priest, the rabbi and the Samaritan dot dot dot. And, um, In this story, it is so horrible to see that there's somebody left broken on the side of the road, wounded, hurt, probably really confused um, and left for dead and no one's helped, uh, but the Samaritan does. The man lying half dead and bruised or broken, we know someone like that. Um, You might think the homeless man, but actually, what about your neighbour, uh, your friend at uni, uh, the person who's quiet at book club? Um, all these people need more than what the world has to offer. So, what would stop us from showing mercy? If you look at the rabbi and the priest, or the Levite and the priest, they were rushing off, um, going to whatever it is. It could be an appointment. It could be another religious event. It could be whatever fill in the gap but they're rushing off why is that just a little bit about uh where they are jerusalem and jericho that route was known as being quite rough and it was kind of like a highway like the quickest way to get to and from those two cities and jerusalem was really known for like selling really amazing things it was like the city center everything and everything that you wanted was there and it was also a place where people went to worship God, the one true God, and God's small g. So um, robbers and all sorts would kind of like, camp out and kind of like, rob people of the best of the best. And I just wonder on reflection about that, like, what are we rushing off to? Um, What are we kind of like, have we not checked in with God about, what we should invest in, not just what looks good or what not just uh, feels right or seems right, but have we asked God, like, what should we be doing? Um, God really wants access to our whole life, not just in the little moments and um, just in this, not in the big holy moments, I think. I think, yeah, like, I'm going to hear God, and it's going to be clear at this one moment when I, like, help a granny cross the road. That's a holy moment. And God's like, actually, it's in the small moments. It's in the daily choices. It's in the mundane things. Don't wait just for that. Um, but the Samaritan stops at why in some passages or in some versions you... um it says he's moved to pity or he's moved by um, compassion. Um, And it reminded me something of Jesus. And I was kind of looking through the Bible and I realized in Matthew 9.39, Jesus is just like, come from like kind of like a a tour of villages, like healing people, telling people the kingdom is coming and like seeing people restored. And it said that he kind of rested, looked out and saw all these big crowds of people who needed him, needed help. And it said he was moved to compassion. Um, Saints, we're meant to be moved to action wherever we are. So I think like, again, are we really just kind of rushing day to day, like one thing to another and not checking in with God about what we should do. Jesus is already laying out the blueprint here. I mean, he's with the disciples, with them day in and day out. And again, quick thing, disciples were really common in that age and in that culture. And disciples were people who gave like their time, their talent, their treasure, their lives to a leader, to follow them in order to become more like them. And I guess we have that a lot in this day and age. It's a little bit more covert. It's the hipsters with their oat milk. I love oat milk. It's the gadget heads. It's the sports fanatics. It's the people who are very specific about what they wear and where they buy it from. Like, they're all things that people follow. Like, and people do follow things. And may I ask, what do you follow? That's a hard question. Like, what do you follow? Like, cause God wants us to follow in his footsteps. God wants us to help people, to restore them, to invest in them, to love them, to care for them. But are we making room for Jesus? Are we allowing Jesus to be Jesus? Or is he just a trend? That's, oh, when I typed that, I was like, woo, I don't want to say that. Like that's really investigating kind of your heart's desire we might find it hard to love bravely and act kindly i know i find it hard i've got this to do i have to be here i need to go and get this i need to see somebody i need to be at this appointment we might find it really hard to act bravely and love kindly i know i'm guilty of this but i tell you that he the one that we follow is amazing and he'll give us the ability to love well and he wants access to that he won't push in and barge in and be like you have to do this and if you don't then he's gentle and he's kind but he wants us to follow him and will we it's such an opportunity to do that again maybe we need to slow down a little allow things to affect us and not fear that it's too much, it's too big, it's too complicated. If we give our heart to something, if we give our heart to people in need, in crisis, who are hurting, who are bruised, maybe we might see something really cool. God being God, he does all the heavy lifting. I'm grateful for that. I hope that you know that we shouldn't just wait until that holy moment. Um, Don't worry about what it looks like. Pursue him, ask him, invite him in.
0: I hope you're feeling suitably challenged and encouraged already by what Adrian has shared and unpacked from that story. There is so much in there, and even though it is a really familiar one, it's one that, like, there is so much that God has to reveal to us. And whenever I come to this story and I hear it, like, I love it. And maybe because I've heard it so many times, it can be like, okay, yeah, great. But just start thinking, like, why? You know, the classic two-year-old question, why? Why does he stop? Why does he help this man and go to considerable personal expense to sacrifice his money, his time, to a guy that he's probably the whole of his life been, like, raised to hate because of where he's from and where he's from. They didn't like each other. Why does he stop? It doesn't make sense. And the more I've, like, reflected on this question... Just keep keep coming back to a verse. But it's also a question as well that we are, you've probably been asked as well, I know I've been asked, like, why do you do this job? Why do you do that? Or to volunteers, why do you volunteer at food bank? Why do you give up your time? Why did you help me at work when you don't really know me with that problem that I had? Why did you come and pray for me in the street when you don't even know me? Why, why did you show me mercy? And the verse that keeps coming back is in Luke 6 verse 36 that says be merciful as your father in heaven is merciful so why do we show mercy because I want to be like my father in heaven God is our father if we are a follower of Jesus And isn't it just the best when you see a kid trying to imitate their dad? I know like last week I was here um, and Luke was doing the show call role and kind of going around telling people where it needs to be and Izzy was just following him around and just like looking at him, looking at what he's saying. You can almost like see her in a few years time like, oh yeah, I'm gonna be doing that role as well. And like, it's so great. And they don't know why they're doing it. They just wanna be like their dad. For me, when I was younger, I just wanted to be a farmer. I wanted to go and do the milking. I wanted a matching boiler suit. I wanted a matching pen knife. And, you know, I've kind of grown out of that now. But um, early mornings were too much. But now I want to be like my father in heaven too. I want to be more and more like him. And actually it's in God's character to be merciful. It's part of his nature. And there's an amazing passage in uh, Exodus 34, which talks about the character of God. And it says about him that he is merciful or compassionate in some versions and he's gracious he's slow to anger abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness it's who he is he is merciful he can't help but be merciful Um, and i heard a definition of mercy that was the disposition to be compassionate say that again mercy is the disposition to be compassionate and i really loved that and Adrienne outlined when she was talking about what it means to be compassionate, it means to be moved to action. It's not just seeing something and being like, "Ah, oh, that's a shame, but actually it makes you move, it makes you do something, you're called to action. And that should be our natural disposition, is that when we see injustice, when we see people hurting, when we see things that aren't right, we don't leave them as they are, but we are called to, to move and do something about it. And it's not just something that we do every now and then. It's not just something that we do uh, when we feel like it, because that really happens. (laughs) Um, It's not just something that we do if we're a volunteer at Food Bank on a Thursday. We don't just leave that as our merciful day. We do it every day. It's part of our nature because it's part of our Father's nature. And when we are Christian, we're in his family. So it's part of who we're trying to be more like him. And then the other reason, it's because of the great mercy that he has shown us. So it says in that verse, be merciful as your Father in heaven is merciful. Um, and what does that mean? What, does, what was the great mercy he showed us? Um, I love how Ephesians 2 puts it. And I'm going to read it in the message version, uh, which is the contemporary version of the Bible. And it says, and I'm going to change you to we as well, just in case you're following along. So it wasn't so long ago That we were mired in that old stagnant life of sin we let the world which doesn't know the first thing about living tell us how to live we filled our lungs with polluted unbelief and then exhaled disobedience we all did it all of us doing what we felt like doing when we felt like doing it all of us in the same boat it's a wonder god didn't lose his temper and do away with the whole lot of us instead immense in mercy and with an incredible love he embraced us He took our sin-dead lives and made us alive in Christ. He did all this on his own with no help from us. Then he picked us up and set us down in highest heaven in company with Jesus, our Messiah. That has to be our starting place. That has to be remembering that great act of love and mercy that God showed us in sending his son to die for us. It has to be where we start from when we're looking at how we can show mercy to others and maybe a good prayer for us to pray is God show me the extent of your mercy for me so that I have no choice but to reach out to others okay so with that verse in mind we can hopefully respond with clarity and conviction when people do ask us why why are you acting that way why did you show me mercy because of the great love we've been shown, because we want to be like our Father in Heaven, because we're called to be followers of Jesus and we want to be more like Him. That's why. And one of the reasons we love partnering with CAP and The Trust of the Trust is because they keep that front and centre as to their why as well. They're charities that like, they love Jesus and they don't want us to move on from that why. Because that is the reason that like, charities like and Food Bank do exist. They don't keep it just as the, the okay, this is our reason. We're not going to um, tell people that, though. They want it to be front and centre. And we don't want to ever move on from that place of making sure Jesus is central to all we do. So, that's the why. But there's another reason, and there's more to it than that. And as Adrian said in this story, these guys were on their way back from Jerusalem to offer sacrifices to God in worship, probably. They were, they were coming back from trying to like, you know, please him and offer the sacrifices that were necessary. But in their hurry along, to get along this road safely, they passed by this guy, seeing him unworthy of their love and mercy. They were decidedly not loving their neighbour. And there are some great moments in the Old Testament, particularly in the prophets, where God is really straight with his people. So many times where you can tell that the people are not acting justly, they're not loving the widows and the poor they've been instructed, they're being selfish and they're being proud. And then they come to his temple thinking they'll be safe there, that they can appease God, they can offer the sacrifices and he won't care about the rest of what they do in their lives. That's the main part. But then you get this verse in Micah 6 verse 8 that says, He has shown you, O mortal, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? To act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. It's so good, isn't it? It's so like, just so straight to the bone of what it's about. I'll just read it again. He's shown you, O mortal, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? To act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. He cares about all areas of our lives. He doesn't just care about the moments where we're um, at church or at GC, you know, he just he cares about everything and how we treat others. And not because it makes us feel good or because we'll get showered with thanks or recognition for going out of our way. To be honest we probably won't you don't get to the end of this story and the guy is like oh, i am so thankful look here i want to give you this i want to return it just cuts off that's not the important part it's not what it's about it's not the focus of this story because we don't show mercy to people determined by whether or not they're going to thank us we don't show mercy to people determined by whether or not they're going to be able to pay us back we don't show mercy because of what we'll get in return we show mercy as the same way that God showed mercy to us. That while we were still far off, while we had absolutely nothing going for us, He gave His all. So the second reason is because He requires it of us. That's what it says. What does the Lord require of you? To show mercy. And also it says to love mercy, in fact. So not to begrudgingly give it like, oh, fine, okay, you know, I've got some quota to tick. I need to do it from a sense of duty. No, he says, love mercy. Give out of what uh, you have been given, which you've been given everything. So give out of that and love it as I love mercy. So mercy isn't an optional, optional extra, it's what God requires of us. Okay, and then we get to the end of this. And what does Jesus say to the guy? He says, go and do likewise. (laughs) So we can't get away from that fact. This isn't for someone else. This is for us to go and do likewise. He tells this story to set an example. And if there's more mercy in the world outside than there is in the church, then there's a problem because the church should be the one place where there is endless mercy. For how can we withhold mercy from others when we have been given so much, when we don't deserve the great mercy that we've been given? Okay, so church, I'm gonna charge you, go and do likewise.
1: Thanks Ruth. I'm like, yes, come on. Um, so let's return back to that question. Who is your neighbor? When you're on your way to GC or from one, next, from one Zoom meeting to another, Why don't you just pause for a minute and ask that question. Where can I show mercy? Who can I show mercy to? Don't worry about what it looks like. I have that in my head. I'm like, oh, I didn't say it right. Did it sound good? This person usually would say it better. Don't worry about what it looks like. Don't hesitate to do good. Um, Give them what God has given you, mercy, love, peace, compassion. He's the only one who can see people transformed from dead to life, from um, broken, lost, lonely, to belonging, to fullness, to joy, to love. You guys get to introduce Jesus, the best person you know, to people who desperately need him. Will you be the good neighbor? It takes small acts, again, like small acts, the mundane acts that you feel like, oh, and sometimes it doesn't even feel like it's a holy moment. Sometimes it doesn't even feel like it's like this great, good thing. But I promise you, as you're faithful, as you're lovingly seeking God, you doing those small day-to-day choices to honour Him, to love Him, to glorify Him, those are the holy moments. He wants to be a part of your your life day-to-day.
0: Obviously, we would love it if you were able to get involved with CAP and Food Bank. We're always needing more and more volunteers, teams, people who want to love and serve those in our community. So, if that is you, there should hopefully be a link that comes up on screen so you can just express your interest, you can let us know so we can get in touch with you. Um, one of those ways is to be a befriender, either coming out on visits with myself once that's allowed again, or connecting with our clients and those we work with, um, or helping at Food Bank and, and being able to get alongside people and chat and pray with them. And we're going to have a befriender um, training afternoon. I just need to find out when it is. Um, is on Sunday the 15th of November in the afternoon. So if you wanna come along to that, you can hear more about what it means to be a befriender and also become equipped and trained up um, in more in that. And we'd love to have more of you there. Like it's so great to have team and it's so great to be doing this as a church. Like this isn't just what we do as our job. This is um, us partnering together as a church into the local community and reaching out. Or maybe you're not available in the week, but you want to commit to praying for Cap and Food Bank. This is such a big part of what we do. It's the undercurrent to everything because we know that without God, um, without God at work, like what we do, it's still it's still helping. But we want him to be central, like we said. We want it, us to be doing it in his strength, not in our own strength. We want him to be changing hearts and changing situations. And we do. We see situations change when we pray for those who we work with. Um, and it's amazing. Um, we want to give of ourselves. We want to give of our time. We want to give of our, our energy. And our, our prayer is such a big part of that. So we're going to be doing prayer meetings every other a uh, month on a Friday evening, just for an hour. Again, combining Cap and Food Bank together so we can just go at it all all together. Um, so can you commit to that? The first one is going to be on October the 9th, from 7 to 8 p.m. Um, and then the final thing as well to get involved with, we've been doing a Christmas meal the past few years um, and where we've fed up to 100 people each time from the community, being able to give them Christmas dinner, um, some great entertainment and also share the gospel with them. This year we're still kind of working out what does that look like, but we really want to do something. Um, and we're looking at kind of a takeaway option of doing Christmas dinner where we cook the dinner and people take it home and either cook it themselves or um, reheat it, and but also being able to share the gospel. If you want to get involved in that, please, um, we'd love to hear from you in that particularly.
1: Yeah, so just to kind of wrap that up, um, And we've looked at this story and we've looked at what mercy is and what might stop us. Um, But the Good Samaritan, he did stop. Um, And if you think about it, it's such a great representation of Jesus. Um, He came sacrificially. He gave of himself. He went out of his way to show hope and love um, to someone that he didn't know. But Jesus, he came and died on the cross for you. And we want to just share with you that there's an opportunity to come and know him as Lord and Saviour. When I think about Jesus and what he did, he came knowing that this world was broken, hurting, bruised. He came knowing that we, out of our human nature, chose things against God. And yet he died on the cross for our sin. Um, And he rose on the third day, ascended to heaven. And because of that, we get to have a relationship with Jesus. And I just want to offer that to you because I promise you, it is the best decision you will ever make. It has been wild. It has been crazy. It has been tremendous, adventurous, just the biggest thing I've ever done. And it's the best thing I've ever done. And I think it would be a sad thing for me to kind of stand here and not ask you, do you want to have a relationship with Jesus? I promise you, he's the best person you'll ever meet. So after the service, there'll be times of communion and prayer. And I hope you just ask that question, Jesus, what is it to follow you? I want to know more. And Jesus, like the gentleman he is, he'll take that time and he'll walk with you.